0: Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Build Muscle and Burn Fat podcast. Now before I get started I have been talking to a lot of people within our free Facebook group which is where actually this question came from. So if you want to know more about how I can help you out and maybe potentially help you with a podcast episode to be more specific make sure you join that free Facebook group I'm gonna put it within the description box for this podcast And all you have to do is just answer the questions and I'll accept you in. All right, let's get straight into today's podcast. So in the past I have been answering a lot of people's questions about their training situations and I basically sent them a questionnaire. Now this is sent from anonymous name, I'm gonna call this person Amy. Amy was telling me about how she has not been able to see a lot of progress through her current bulk stage. So a little bit of context, Amy is 33 years old. Um, In the past, she has taken weights training probably around March 2022. So she's relatively new and training age is just just under one year in training age. Now, training age is how long you've actually been training in that given modality. So in the past, Amy has been doing things like yoga and running. Now, this is where the target, or this is where the, uh, the problem kind of occurs. Amy has made a lot of progress between March and November of 2022, where she's able to see really good progress going from 18% body fat to 12.7% body fat. And you should be very proud of that achievement that's considered very lean for females, and I'm gonna go through that a little bit later on. But she knew that she wanted to bulk up so that she can gain some muscle mass. And for those of you who don't know, muscle mass is great, helps you look more shapely, helps you feel more confident. Also, might I add, helps you strengthen your joints and help you get through your life as well. And you can't live your life through a calorie deficit or living lean all through the year. You need to make sure you have bit of breaks and allow your body to actually be healthy again because being lean all the time is not a great idea. But that's not what we're addressing today. What we're really addressing is that Amy was going from a four-month bulk and she's using what we call an in-body comp scan. So these are pretty well-known around the world and these scanners, basically you step on top of them and you put your hands on them and it sends electrical current through the body. It does not hurt, might I add. I do these all the time. And it sends you a information sheet of what your muscle mass is, your weight, your body fat percentage, and a lot of actually really cool information. Now I'm not gonna go into too much depth about that, but we know how Amy is now measuring her progress. But what she found was that she wasn't gaining any muscle mass during these four months. And this can be quite frustrating. Now you spend four months trying to train hard, strengthen your muscles, build more muscle. And this is what I'm going to really figure out how I can help and break down and what I would do if Amy was one of my clients. So a little bit more background history, Amy is also a mom of two young boys. She also hits around 8,500 to 11,000 steps per day, which is very, very high. So I imagine those boys are running circles around her. Sleep-wise, she is uh, getting seven hours' worth of sleep, and she trains four days per week, which is actually a good amount of training. And her caloric intake is roughly around 1,900 to 2,000 per day. And on the weekends or on a party day, we're looking at 2,300 to 2,600. Usually there's no drinking. So this is what we like to try and make sure we decipher because... This can be quite tricky for a lot of people. Getting from plan A to plan or point A to point B is not going to be the same as going from point B to point C. Now, Amy has made an amazing progress from point A to point B. Now we need to try and figure out with all this information how we're going to get her to point B, then point C, and point D. Now, these are really important factors to know. You might try all of them. I highly suggest you try one of them first and we'll see what we can do from here. So first, let's talk about training. I think the training program itself, um, I've been given some of the exercises that she has done, and she has been doing one glute-based training, one back-based training, and then on top of that, she's also been doing one strength class from her gym, which they provide, and then one conditioning class too. Now, I looked at some of these training programs that the gym has provided, as well as the ones that Amy has been able to give me as an example. And they are somewhat basic and a little bit more on the conditioning side. I'm not going to say that's a bad thing because the classes do have a strength component for 15 minutes. Then they have a bit of a circuit based part in the middle part to get some hypertrophy and extra volume and then a bit of a finisher at the end as well. Now, this is what I would say if you were my client. Now, I don't mind the conditioning classes. I actually really like the strength classes, but when you're doing classes that someone else holds, your goals and your results essentially are in the hands of another person and they have to cater for tens and tens of people, tens and tens, uh, 20 to 30 people potentially throughout the day. So it's not gonna be very specific towards you. And it's not gonna be very specific towards that one goal because as we all know, individualization can help quite a bit. So I don't like going, hey, or I do actually, I do like trying, trying to tell people exactly what to do, but I realize that people have also got motives, emotions, and things that they enjoy, including the social part of classes. So if you were my client, I would say, hey look, the conditioning class may not be as beneficial towards you. Maybe you can drop that one and do another session of strength and I'm going to break down what programming you can do. The strength classes that your class does, I would recommend you still keep on top. Uh, just know that it's not going to be as specific towards you and with the training program that I'm going to kind of break down for you right now in the simplest form, is going to be a little bit more beneficial towards you and your goal. Cause your goal is to be able to build that hourglass shape. So what we're looking at is you a know, bit of a cut in and through the waist, hips a little bit stronger. So we're targeting glutes and the lats can help you with that. And getting that illusion through the shoulders as well which is what I'm going to address now. So with your upper body, I would recommend that you do this. On your upper body days, we're focusing on just upper body based movements. So I do recommend some exercises later on. And then your secondary exercise, you're going to be doing some lower based movements. On that third day when you do, or that third day when you train, I would recommend that you do a full body based training session so that you get to hit at least one and a half sessions of upper body and one and a half sessions of lower body as well. Now in those upper body days, I've written some really good exercises to target your lats, but to overall help you as well with that that bubble shape I was gonna say, but really what we're looking for is the hourglass. Bubble doesn't sound as nice as hourglass, might I add to so naughty Sean. But for the upper body based, I would recommend exercises like chin-ups. Now, if you can't do chin-ups just yet, try using a band and having complete control all the way through so you don't wanna be bouncing up and down. Now if you can't do this, then lat pull-downs will be sufficient or even inverted rows until you build that strength. And I'll go through why I've chosen these exercises in the secondary part. The second exercise I'd highly recommend is some kneeling lat pull downs. Then we've got some dumbbell rows and straight arm pull downs. These are just great exercises to really target those lower lats and help you get that cut in shape around your hips. And with these exercises, I'd recommend that you do them on both the upper day as well as the full body day. Now, there are some exercises that I still recommend that I haven't just listed yet, and maybe you're not doing them. And this would also be the lateral raises. And if you haven't done these lateral raises before, I recommend that you hold the top for about one to two seconds, really getting that isometric squeeze and mind-muscle connection, which I'll touch on a little bit later on. Um, But when you can get nice shoulders, and I'm not talking like boulders here, we're just talking about building some roundness to your shoulder, this will help you get that illusion of the bottleneck that we're looking at. Oh, not the bottleneck, the hourglass, sorry. On top of that as well, I really recommend that you do some rear delt exercises. So this could be something like face balls. This just kind of completes that arm look that you're looking for, especially when you have a nicer defined upper back. It kind of tapers down into that hourglass, into the hips and waist as well. Now we're gonna start talking about some of the lower based exercises and as many people have said the hip thrust is almost a must. I would recommend that you get to do hip thrusts at least twice per week. Without getting too specific on this exercise I would recommend that you do this um, on the lower body day a being more higher repetitions We may maybe looking at somewhere between 10 and 12 reps and then on section B on the full body day, you might be doing them as a little bit heavier and lower reps, you might be looking between six and eight. Now the first thing is if, you don't, if you're not confident on doing the hip thrust, spend one or two weeks just working on technique, engaging that pelvic floor and also abdominal muscles so it doesn't feel so uncomfortable on your hips. Investing in a hip pad so you don't have to wait around or run around the gym looking for one. Um, i think i bought one for like ten dollars and it was the best investment so i never have to walk around the gym looking for one same with bands if you need them and then on top of that some other exercises i'd recommend would be some walking lunges knee high step ups now i can't recommend why I, i can't recommend the knee height step ups to be the most important thing because if it's any higher than that, it makes it a little bit more difficult to get quality reps in. But if it's anything lower than that, really all you're doing is putting the pressure on top of the knee and the lower quad. What we really want to see is some bend in the hip and then push and driving all the way through and making sure you squeeze the bum at the top. So knee height tends to be well, but if you can't quite do that, go a little bit lower, raise it up as time goes by. Remember when it comes to things like step ups, the progression or the intensity increase is not just the weight that you hold, but also the height that you increase the step up to become. And then on top of that, Romanian deadlifts. Now Romanian deadlifts definitely help with trying to get the stretch on the hamstrings, but even saying that it does also get quite a bit of stretch in the glutes as well, depending on the angle that you do this. Now, you may not be super confident in doing RDLs because you have listed that you had some previous lower back injuries so you can replace the RDLs with something else and this includes exercises like the lying hamstring curl where it's always on constant tension just making sure you don't go past I'm trying to do my degrees in my head right now past the top position and all the way down where it's touching your bum that point there you're not getting much contraction you probably want to go four to five centimeters just before that, squeeze it for one to two seconds and feel if you can get the hamstrings firing up. If you can't, add on more weight and just play around with it. And like I tell with a lot of people, you can't really hurt yourself unless you've done something silly, like going from five kilos all the way up to 25 kilos, that would actually throw you off. But if you're just making 10% 10 increases with your weights, you'll be okay. Now like I said, the full body exercises, I would recommend that you do exercises like the chin-ups and the hip thrusts and then you kind of play around with some of the exercises that you feel have been benefiting you, including the lat pull-downs, the step-ups and the lunges. You can repeat those. You're just going to decrease the reps as you would have done compared to the first time you've done it in the week. So for example, if you did walking lunges on on a lower body day, you might be doing somewhere between 12 and 15 reps per leg. But then if you're doing them again on a lower body day, or sorry, on the full body day, you'll be decreasing the reps, maybe between six and eight per leg, and potentially increasing the weight so that you can get stronger in that movement. Repetition's a pretty good tool for at least six weeks on most programs, so you can actually get better at them. But the only thing is it does get boring. So I go four to six weeks. Every four weeks I like to see some sort of change if it's not in the exercise, at least with the tempo, with the rep scheme, with the rest periods as well. So that's kind of one part of it and I already went through that quite in depth. But if you do get stuck, just don't be afraid to message me or join the Facebook group as well if you haven't already. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not in that Facebook group, All I can say is make sure you're in there now. Now these are quick tips that you can do within the training. Like I said, you could just keep the program that you're doing and you can implement these things within training. So this is section number two. So within section number two, I have four or five, I have four or five points that you can use. And I'll probably need to make podcasts on these in depth, but I think this will help you out quite a bit. The first one is the mind-muscle connection. Now if you don't know what the mind-muscle connection is, it's what Arnold Schwarzenegger said when he first came to America and he was talking about how he could feel his muscles working within each of the reps that he was doing. So you're connecting your mind and your muscle, that's such a shit explanation, but it is. With each movement, you wanna be able to feel the actual muscle moving. So for example, if you're doing a bicep curl, it's very easy to go from point A to point B, you No. Know, straighten your arm, bring it up to your shoulder, but are you actually feeling the bicep work throughout the motions? This is what we want to do with most of your exercises, the mind-muscle connection, when you're doing your hip thrusts, when you're doing your lunges, when you're doing things like lat pull downs, lateral raises as well. Especially when it comes to exercises like lateral raises, you're not going to see a lot of weight increase because it's just how some movements work compared to like a squat, where well, you could potentially increase, you know, a dramatic amount from up to 10 or 15 kilos, or that's about 20 to 30 pounds, <laughs> I think, um, in know, of maybe six to seven months. But a lateral raise, you probably only be able to lift the two or three kilos, and then you'd be really lucky to go four or five kilos, and anything heavier is probably gonna throw you off quite a bit. So well, that's why we use mind-muscle connections to make sure that you can kind of activate those muscles more effectively, but don't use this as a reason to not lift a little bit heavier in some movements as well. So you're gonna find that sweet balance, which is bringing up to point number two of within training, the intensity. How heavy are you actually living? (laughs) How heavy are you actually lifting? So when I tell people how to train, I do use the reps in reserve, and this is making sure that you lift quite intense up to two reps left within the tank. Now a lot of people get really confused about this, so I'll make another video about this another time. But the best way to really describe this is making sure that you're lifting as heavy as possible with good technique without hurting yourself. So once you have done this, then you know that's your working weight. So if you're doing exercises of eight to 10 reps, make sure you're within the rep scheme as well. You want to make sure that you first fall within eight to 10 reps, and then ask yourself, can I go heavier than that with good technique without hurting myself? And if it's yes, good, increase the weight. If it's no, you're potentially already at the heaviest that you can do for that training block and that exercise too. Now rep ranges, as I mentioned before, this could be another whole podcast episode by itself and I need to kind of speed this up. You wanna go somewhere between eight to 30 reps Anything lower than eight reps, yes, it does build muscle. There's scientific proof to show that reps between one and 30 all benefit you to be able to build muscle. And I'm not going to favor one more than the other, but I find that, and the literature also says that if you're doing anything between one rep to seven reps, it requires a lot more skill to be able to withstand the weight that you're actually lifting. So I like to go between eight and 30. Obviously the weights are going